0: Hello, and welcome to Series 3, Episode 13 of Dad Educates Daughter on 80s music. I'm Russell, and this is my daughter, Rebecca. Hello.
1: Hello, Dad. You okay?
0: I'm fine, thank you. So, um, straight in, um, you had six groups. Seven. Sorry, seven groups, yeah, seven groups. Yep. Brother Beyond, Asward, London Boys, London Beat, Bomber the Bass, The Adventures, and Boy Meets Girl. Yes. So what were your first impressions of them? And how many number ones do you think you listen to? If any I've gone. Yeah.
1: So at a push, I think there's one number one. I won't be surprised if there's none. I don't think it was a big week. I don't think there were massive songs coming out this week. But what I have enjoyed is this week's a bit of me. There's a lot more songs and the bands are a lot more up my street. Um, one thing that I want to point out that I've decided. So I hope I'm right when I say this, but one of the groups is reggae. And I've decided I've really liked early reggae. So I like reggae. This is late.
2: These are late
1: 80s. No, but I mean, like, early reggae is in not the reggae that I've listened to in my time. Do you know what I mean? So this is early reggae to me, whether it's late in the 80s or not. not,
0: I I suppose it it is early to you, but it's late when you think of it in terms of Bob Marley.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: Um, And obviously we've already had you before T
1: from the beginning of um Mm. i don't know this reg okay well this reggae that's in this week yeah i just really like it Uh i think that was like my favorite sound of the week um so i can
0: put as as a um a like then i'm guessing already can pencil that in
2: before we've (laughs) even started is that what we're saying
1: sound
2: So. You said one number one? Yes. Before you say number
0: before you say your number one. Yeah. You said also said um but you don't think it's a big week. No. If I was to tell you that of that other than two groups, and if anyone you had seven this week.
1: Yeah. Don't tell me they've all got a number one bar two groups.
0: We had a number one or number two. Single,
1: yeah, but see if it's not a number one, so that's not a
0: big no. But you said not a big, you don't think it's a big week. You've got every apart bar, so five of the groups either had a number one or a charting number single, number one or number
2: two. Okay,
1: all right, but I just didn't think that the sounds of the week were like big i thought these are okay. more just like in the. Middle so which group.
0: which are you going for the number one
1: i'm going for a one hit wonder boy meets girl okay well i did say you'll up. know before I we get say, there
2: because they're last yeah they're last so but that also
1: shows that none of the other songs that i listened to were really like up there i didn't think that they were big chart poppers i just thought they'd be like
2: well no that, yeah,
0: well, you'll see them. You'll see as we go on. We will see, you know, top 10, top fives. Yep. Whether um, we've got oh. many or not. Okay.
1: All I know is I know so, there are at least the top 40.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, you're right. There is one number one.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So we'll wait and see until right at the end. Well, you'll know before then whether you're yeah. right or wrong.
1: But because then I'll be
0: intrigued number one's by the time we get to Boy Meets Girl, you know you've got it right because yeah. Boy Meets Girl only had one single, as you say, that yeah. one hit wonder. However, if we have had it before then, that would then make you wonder whether where Boy Meets Girl. That's
1: what I was about to say. Yeah. I'd be intrigued as where the song came.
0: Yes. Mm. So are you ready to Let's Talk Music?
1: I am indeed.
0: Okay. So, starting with Brother Beyond.
1: Yeah. It was a nice open to the week. They're a fun group. It's a boy band, and I think they're very energetic. They're very young. I don't know whether they lasted that long because they didn't seem to age. Um, if you want to borrow they, their
0: album, I have got it.
1: I'll oh, have you? A Greatest Hits or an album album? It, no,
0: I think it was an album, and I think it was called Get Even, from what I can recall. Um, okay. I might have it written already down, actually, um, from the album a bit, but I'm pretty sure it's it'd Get Even.
1: Okay. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to um, number nine, actually. There you go.
1: Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I, yeah, so I didn't think they aged, and they kept the same energy throughout. Like, they, like, this whole same vibe, the same, like, them. I'm not saying their songs were all similar, but especially when you watch the videos, they're just, Having fun, it's it's great to watch. So I'm like Mm -hmm. intrigued where they went because I didn't have many songs from them. Seven, which isn't that many. Um, I feel like they would have been a group that people looked at and maybe poster heartthrob vibes. You know, they
0: were they were the later, I suppose, along with Bros. They were the boy band. Yeah, no. Um. and I've gone with pop, their genre. Okay, so Brother Beyond were Nathan Moore on vocals, David White on guitar, Cole Fish with a Y on keyboards, Egg White, which I think is brilliant, <laughs> Egg Francis um, on he was Egg Francis and he obviously went by Egg right. White um, on bass, and Steve Alexander on drums. They were formed in 1985 and they're from England and they are pop music. Now, I don't know where in England, so I think they were put together.
1: So maybe they, hence, come they from, weren't
0: formed, but they weren't um, like school friends that have got, I think they were formed. They're not um, from
1: the same area. Together,
0: and yeah, so hence yeah. just England. Um, so the group's first four singles, I should have lied. How many times chain gang smile an early version of can you keep a secret were written by the band members okay uh, brothers egg and david white okay they were in collaboration with Coldfish, and these singles were released between 1986 to 1988 and they were minor chart successes so, Hence, you haven't got them. They yeah. didn't really do much. Didn't, didn't, um, didn't set the world on fire. Yeah, um, they
1: didn't bring them straight up, did they?
0: No. So in, in the UK chart um, in 1987, how many times got to 162? Chain Gang Smile got to number 57. And Can You Keep a Secret got to number 56.
1: Okay, so yeah, they're out.
0: On the back of this, they released Get Even, their debut album, and songwriters, producers Stock Aitken and Waterman um, auctioned off their services for charity. Brother Beyond and their label, EMI, won the auction. And the first... um, Stock Aitken and Waterman single to be released for this session was the harder I try, which became the band's first UK hit.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. So they did have so literally they had this bit of luck, yeah. Yeah, didn't
0: hadn't done much. Suddenly they got some, you know, top producers as Stock Aitken Hmm. and Waterman were, and suddenly they get a hit.
1: I mean, um, worth well, well, it to go, but yeah, but they they did stroke that bit of luck, didn't
0: they? So, although they performed the song, it was it was um, Saw Stock Aitken and Waterman who wrote it. Um, the second song from this session that they'd won uh, with Saw was "He Ain't No Competition," which, funny enough, also became a UK hit, and again was written by Stock Aitken and Waterman. So it's all great that they're having these hits, but they're not actually... But they're
1: not writing them, they're so they're not going anything it, for them, no. are they? Um,
0: and then what happened is these two singles were included on the re-release of the album Get Even, which helped the album become a top 10 in the album chart.
1: The only sad thing is knowing that you've mentioned that they can write songs.
2: Yeah, but just okay. not...
1: I mean, I mean we were, okay, I you um, hit, Can You Keep a
0: Secret got to number 56, but it's still out. Is it Yeah, I mean, they've they got two, they, they,
2: they two what how
0: many times, number 62, and Can You Keep a Secret, number 57. Oh, and no, sorry, number 56, and Chain Gang Smile, number 57. So they had three of their first four singles were um, in the top 100. It was just their first one, I Should Have Lied, obviously didn't chart.
1: They could have, like, got with, like, say, or what they called again, Stock Akin
0: okay, and Waterman.
1: That's it. Um, they could have got with them and then they could have directed them, so it could have been them writing some songs and the band writing. So
0: they won the competition. So, in you win a competition to to um, have a session with them, they mm. I mean, the, the Stock Aiken and Waterman at the time were. They were seen as, I suppose it's a bit like, in your time, X Factor. You know, like yeah. X Factor, you win X Factor, you were pretty much guaranteed the Christmas really? number one that year.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sock and Mortemann, you went with Sock and Mortemann, you were pretty much guaranteed a top ten hit. You know, they had Kylie, they had Banana Rama, they yeah. had Jason Donovan, they had Sonia. There were yeah. so many people at that, Rick Astley, that were coming out with hits mm. that were written by Sock and Mortemann. That's what they done. That's so how they made their money. You know, yeah, they were writing true. tracks and then they were getting these, you know, either ex soap stars or good looking people to be the be face, the face of. of that sing of that single they've written, you know, and that yeah. was it. So they obviously they saw something in Brother Beyond to, you know, it wasn't just oh you've won a session, you know, yeah. blah, 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 and that was the end of it. They actually thought we've got something here, and they got them into the chart. So, it worked. But it worked in. I suppose it worked in both of them. It got Brother Beyond notice. We wouldn't be talking about Brother Beyond now, I shouldn't think. But also, obviously, you know, it, it helped Sockhakin and Waterman because it gave him another top ten hit, which
1: means
0: more money. So yeah. So after a brief hiatus, the band returned, however, without Egg White and a brand new single in late 1989 drive on which peaked just inside the top 40 in the uk they also released a second album trust um and their second single was a cover of the three degree song when will i see you again which peaked just outside the top 40. the final release of the album was the title track trust trust which peaked at number 53 in the uk so in other words they're back to where they were before they went with stock and waterman
1: yeah now they've not got so they're,
0: they're, they're writing songs that are getting them top 100s but it's not quite getting them in the top 40 if Yeah, that makes you know
1: not getting the commercial success
0: no 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 which some bands are quite happy with but I guess other beyond obviously, or well, their record label more than anything, obviously would have wanted a bit more. Hence, they obviously entered them in that competition. Um, EMI America released the album Trust in mid 1990, and they added another two songs, uh, which the band recorded in the US, uh, in the US, uh, with a more American sound to try and break into the US market. However, both these songs were released as singles in the U.S. With lead single "The Girl I Used to Know" peaking at number twenty-seven in the Billboard Top One Hot One Hundred. Um, Nathan Moore has since said how the band had to pay a hundred grand to the mafia to secure airplay for the single. That's,
1: sure, that's not worth it, surely.
0: <laughs> oh, no, um, yeah, they may have got a top. A number 27 which is quite good in america but it cost them 100k to get on them and it was that airplay that would have gotten to there i mean I'm, they probably made more than 100 but whether they made it i don't know because they're obviously the, the record label would have taken a big slice um the follow-up single just a heartbeat away was only released as a promotional single in the u.s but was released commercially in Australia, yet failed to chart. The Girl I Used to Know was released in the UK and Europe as a non-album single in early 1991, where in the UK it peaked at number
1: 48. Oh, so they weren't like, see, I'm mm. oh, right, not big groups. The middle no, 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 no well this is just
0: the first one but I'm right so-, so that was early 1991 so obviously um the you know they've they've had mediocre mediocrity success mm-hmm. i mean they've had one what one top 40 was it um with uh, drive on um and that was it even a cover of when will you see see when will i see you again was outside the top 40.
1: That was a cover. When will I see yeah,
0: that? I said that from the Three Degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So um that was early 1991. um I would guess it doesn't, I haven't seen anything, but I'm guessing the record label dropped them because not long after the group disbanded later that same year with Nathan Moore joining boy band Worlds Apart, who had two top 20 singles.
1: Oh, okay, so he didn't move on to
0: anything spectacular then? No, no. So Brother Beyond had three top 20 singles, one top 10 album, which was 1988's Get Even at number nine, but really even that was only because they added the two songs that were written by Stock Aitken and Waterman the onto the album. So, and that, yeah, yeah. So regarding their singles, did they have a number one? Did they have a number uh, two? We maybe a number
1: out. two. I'm not so. going with a number
0: one. Which, which was your favourite track?
1: The Harder I Try. Okay. So 1988,
0: Can You Keep a Secret? Its original release, as I've said, was number 56. Yep. However, after their success with... Salkin so, okay, and Waterman. They re-released it in 1989. So the first release was in 1988, number 56. Yeah. The re-release was in 1989, and that got to number 22. So it just shows you the difference what between difference? when you're when you're yeah. known and when you're not. So that's the difference between being commercial and not being commercial. Being commercial, you can literally say sell X you amount of money you on your name.
1: Yeah. So can you keep a secret? You said that that one was written by the brothers. Yeah, that was
0: it. Yeah. When
1: they did re-release it, it was still the original. Difficulty.
0: Oh yeah, they've written. They've would have written, written it. It would have just been a better production. Yeah. yeah. Although they wouldn't have done it with. It wouldn't have been with Stock Aitken and Waterman, because they only got the com- They won a competition to do two tracks, which is oh, the hard trying yeah. to their try no competition. Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, nineteen eighty-eight. The hard do I trying number two.
1: Okay, yeah, I take that. I really like that one. It was a really good. That was the first song that I listened to this week like in the week. Uh-huh. Um and it was just a good start. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm feeling this. This is great. Um just upbeat sing along. So it's right on yeah. the street obviously.
0: What did you think of Can You Keep a Secret?
1: Um it's repetitive. It's not no. as lyrical as like the other songs. Like it's not got as much body to it like with the verses.
0: Sure. But that might be the difference in their songwriting and obviously Sockey Mortons thing. Yeah. Uh 1989, He Ain't No Competition, Number Six.
1: Okay. This had all their energy into it. it, was very fast paced, kept with the upbeat. So I had good hopes for this group were keeping all of that things there. Uh... Uh-huh. 1989,
0: Be My Twin, number 14.
1: Okay, this one's very catchy. Like, it's got very catchy chorus and it's a nice head bopper. I enjoyed that one. The first three are really up there. Well, uh-huh. my first three, because I listened to those three and then it was Can You Keep a Secret. I do wonder, actually. I didn't look. I'm
0: wondering if definitely um, Be My Twin was theirs. Oh. Because it's weird that, obviously, yes, it. It would have been straight after they've had this success so it could well be that they were just sailing on that wave
2: yeah um
0: but um the fact that it was also straight after it could also have been the fact that
2: it was written by stockaking and waterman so i'm um, i'm just gonna double check no it was fish and white so it was them
1: them. Okay,
2: awesome. fish and david white
1: well, I've, I enjoyed that one as much as I did the hard. I try and he ain't no competition, which we know is yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: Stock and and yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine. Drive on. Number thirty nine. So just inside Ooh. the top forty.
1: Yeah. This lost the like energeticness. It was soft vocals. Like they've got a really good singing voice. Um. And then it was just mellow sounds. It was just a softer one. And the sound uh-huh.
0: 1989 when will i see you again as i say the cover of the three Degrees song number 43
1: mm-hmm. oh so just like out oh. uh i just saw this one as a love song you know standard love song slow brought out the vocals so you could really hear that they were good okay and then
2: 1991
0: the Girl I Used To Know, number 48.
1: Okay. It wasn't an up there song for me. The chorus really brought it. I really enjoyed the chorus. That was the best bit. Okay.
2: So, that was Brother Beyond. Yeah. Moving on to the reggae. Aswad
1: am Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So obviously, I said I think they're okay. Um, I really like the messages that they give through their songs. That so every song, if you listen to the lyrics, they are telling you something. Mhm. So I thought they were just a group, but then as I watched more videos, I realised no, they do play instruments, so they are a band. But it's not portrayed as much in the videos because i think they kind of all do have a bit on the vocals i don't think there's like a lead vocalist um and as the time went on the last few songs moved into like more of a different sound of reggae so started off very chill very relaxed and then they got more into it i want to say like just a bit more like upbeat reggae i don't know i can't explain it but it changed the the sound changed Um, And the way they then used the instruments along with the song, oh, it sounded amazing. Like, they all really tied in well together. Um, They like a good hat. They like wearing hats. And their outfits in the videos all complement one another. There's nothing that sticks out about their style, though. Um, And they kind of just did more standing in a room videos but then the later ones when their sound changed they were more on location like uh-huh. having the good vibes that went with the song so i quite liked that their videos changed as their songs changed that like they all moved with it but no they i think they all worked really well together all just tied in really nicely okay so
0: as or were, were brinsley dan ford vocals and guitar angus drummy zeb Gay on vocals and drums. Donald D. Griffiths on lead guitar. He left in 1980, however. Right. Courtney Raz Oban, bass, uh he left in 1979, so he wouldn't have really been right. involved He's in not really what I've
1: listened to. And
0: Tony Gad Robinson on bass and keyboards. So they were formed in 1975 yeah. in London. Okay. And as you rightly say, reggae and a bit of R&B as well.
1: Yeah, OK. Uh, that's probably what they changed into when I say it changed a bit. Maybe that's when it was more of an R&B and reggae.
0: The members of Aswad are UK descendants of Caribbean immigrants.
1: Right, yeah, yeah
0: who are from the Ladbroke Grove area of West London. So, initially, the band produced music in reggae, with members contributing songs individually, uh, with Binsley Ford acting as the band's principal songwriter. Uh, shortly after the release of their debut album, the self-titled Asward, in 1976, founding member and keyboardist Courtney Kaki Hemmings left. And was replaced by Tony Gad Robinson. Um, this would be the only time where a departing band member would be replaced, so those other ones that I've mentioned left were never oh, replaced,
1: never replaced them. Okay.
0: No. so in nineteen seventy eight the band released their second album, Hewlett Hewlett, after Courtney Raz Oban left with Robinson taking over the position as bassist as well as keyboards. Hence, I said, bass and keyboards. Yeah. So all they done was move what you done around. Yeah. They delegate, right. Ever played keyboards? Have nah, where you are now, learn. Have a think. go. Go on. Um, so, yeah. Um, in 1980, it saw Donald D. Griffiths depart, uh, the band, with Ford becoming the... Lead vocalist and guitarist. Oh,
1: okay, bit of multitasking. During
0: this period, so yeah, during this period, the band was um, distinctly different to other Jamaican reggae artists, as they wrote songs that dealt with issues surrounding experiences of black youths growing up in the UK. There
1: we go. I thought like there was messages. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the band established itself as a trio and gained a wider audience in 1981 with their new chapter album. However, it wasn't until 1988 that they really broke through commercially with their cover of Don't Turn Around, a song written by Albert Hammond and Diane Warren, and was originally recorded by Tina Turner as the B-side for her 1986 Top 40 single Typical Male
1: right i've written so when i listened to don't turn around i was yeah. like i recognize like the chorus so i just typed in don't turn around on youtube just to see and i didn't really. that i saw Di- uh, T- tina turner's and i listened to it and i didn't really recognize it but then i realized what it actually does remind me of and i feel like maybe this group has taken like adapted it a bit, so it's a '90s song that it reminds me of. So I thought, oh, they've covered it, but then I realised it's not the same. And it's called "Don't Walk Away," not a bit has the lyrics uh, "Don't Turn Around" in it, and it's by Jade. I'll have to get you to listen to it one day. But uh, it reminded me of it. But I, I thought I recognised the lyrics, um, and I only listened to Tina Turner though because she was the only one that I recognised, and I just uh, typed it into YouTube. But maybe I'll recognise it from. Who was the first one?
0: Eight was it? Eight? No, it was, was written. It was written by Albert Hammond and Diane Warren. So Diane Warren is right. the songwriter. You know, if you yeah. look at Mariah Carey and all that, the chances are Diane Warren's written a song for, for them. them. And yeah, there's yeah. this this rumor at the moment of this new big supergroup consisting yeah, of Dolly yeah. Parton, Gloria no, Estefan, uh, Debbie Harry um yeah. i can't remember who else belinda carlisle and the yeah. song that they're going to do is written by diane warren she is the ah,
2: songwriter okay. so she's, she's like appeared the... she, oh, yeah.
0: she wrote some songs as well for, i think or well, she was involved um with x factor when simon ah. Cow had um loads of like songwriters now listening she's one of the main ones what that they that? speak to and that so yeah so no the original song was written by her but it was recorded by tina turner but tina Aye. turner only had it as a b side on the b side of a top 40 single typical male. so it's not even i couldn't even tell you what typical male sounds like it's not one of her main big one. songs that you know her for so Aye. and it's a b side of that so um, it really is. When you hear it, it's more than likely going to be Osward because they made right. it theirs. Even though it's right. a cover, it's a cover yeah. of a B-side. So yeah, and they made it
1: theirs by changing the yeah they yeah. Didn't just re-sing it.
0: So then, in 1996, Ford departed for spiritual reasons, leaving Gay as the only founding member left. And once again, the remaining members Gay and Robinson decided to not seek a replacement, but continued as a duo oh. until the death of Gay in September 2022, aged 62.
2: Wow.
0: Um, so their final studio album was released in 2009, called City Lock, and released. They released two singles from the album in the same year: What Is Love and Do That Thing. Okay. So Aswad is obviously if all the other founding members left and then the one remaining unfortunately died, that obviously then course. was the end of Aswad. Um so they had two top ten singles, one top ten album, which was nineteen eighty-eight's Distant Thunder number
2: ten. What? So regarding their singles. So,
0: 1988. Don't turn around. Yep. Number
2: one.
1: Okay, okay. It is a good one. I will have to get you to listen to the 90s song that it reminded me of because it doesn't really link. But I just it made me think of it. But yeah. anyway, what I like about "Don't Turn Around" it just goes straight into the song and they just start, and it's just, it was a good start in song for me to listen to with this group. I was like, uh-huh. yeah, get down with this, and yeah. like, And to be honest, because I thought I recognised the song, and like I say, I went on...
0: Well, what yeah, the best of, way to know if it is based on this song is look at who the writers are, and if Hemmings and Warren are listed as the writers, then the chances are it's because they've had, they've... they've
1: they're, they're listed got,
0: because yeah. they've taken some of the original songs, Don't turn. Don't turn around, if that is the case. So that's always the best way to look. And that's usually yeah. where, um, when there's disputes, it's around the writing credits, co-writers. Yeah. And you'll often see people added on. I think the big one was Radiohead had to add on someone for their um,
1: no, it's not, song. No, it's not linked in
2: any way. No, there you go. But it
1: made me think of it. So there's something yeah. about it. But, yeah, it's not linked anyway. Um, but also it shows, I know you said that Tina Turner's is the B-side anyway, but I went yeah. and listened to it because of this one. Um, and I do prefer Aswards, Don't Turn Around.
2: Yeah. Turner. So Obviously, yeah. They
0: had it as a their main single, only got to number one. Tina Turner, Mr. Trick, had it as yep. a B-side on another yeah. single and done nothing. So, yeah. Uh, 1988, Give a Little Love, number 11.
1: Okay. This had chill vibes with it. I feel like it's very motivational with their lyrics. I really, really like how they use their lyrics to portray a message. Uh Favourite thing about these.
0: 1989, Beauty's Only Skin Deep, number
1: 31. Hey, that was my favourite. I really liked it. Their vocals are amazing in it. The lyrics are amazing. The music's amazing. Like it all just links in and just gives this beautiful, like, piece of music. It's ah, oh, I really enjoyed it. Like everything about it, there weren't all one right. fault of it, so. so That was my favourite. So,
2: ah, okay, nineteen
0: eighty nine. Yeah. Still on and on. Number
1: twenty-five. Let down. This is more of an in the background song. It's quite quiet. It's just I wanna I wanna describe it as more of like an album filler.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Uh nineteen ninety we're going into now. Next to you, number
0: twenty-four.
1: Okay, this one's all about the vocals that like, is stripped back a bit more and it just shows off that they are talented with their voices uh
0: 1993 how long which featured jazz that was number 31
1: i loved this collaboration the only downside of this song is there weren't much body to it like if there weren't much going on Like, the music weren't fully in there and the lyrics weren't Uh fully there. Like, they could have done a lot more of it, but I really like how their voices sounded together. It was a good good Uh colour.
0: 1994, Shine, number five.
1: Oh, this is where they change. So Shine, Warriors, and You're No Good. They're the three where they've changed their sound. They're more upbeat. And, like, i got a bit of holiday vibes from them. Uh, Gets you moving with Shine. Really enjoyed that one.
0: 1994,
1: Warriors, number 33. Okay. So, this is how much I enjoyed their songs. This is my second favourite. I put it as a favourite as well. Because this one is lyrically my favourite. Like, the message they portray. Like... They stand up there for like all black people and they're like, yeah, this is what we're doing. It's a great song and it all just goes together and I like how they've still got the upbeatness to it, but they've really put a message in there. Really enjoyed that one. Okay. And then finally,
0: 1995, You're No Good, number 35.
1: Yeah, I agree. This one was a bit of a letdown. It doesn't show off the vocals as much, and it's a bit repetitive.
2: Okay. Well, that's that's the end of Oh. Until quickly, we before you
1: move on. Yeah. So you didn't mention like anything about their name, and I, I forgot to say. Oh, what's it mean? So uh. while you we were talking, I quickly just looked it up as a just in case you didn't mention it. Aswad. Um. In Arabic, means black. That's what their name is.
2: Oh, ah. Ah, yeah. okay. Well, I did not know yeah.
1: that
0: or did not come across it. Yeah.
1: But then that links in with what you were saying that a lot of their songs are messages about. Yeah. Um, they literally, from the title of their group, from the name of their group, it is. It's all about. Okay. Their yes. Mother.
2: So, yeah. All right. Moving on then to London Boys.
1: Yeah. Bit
0: different. Totally different.
1: Yeah, very different uh, to Aswad. I went with electro pop, pop, just pop, but I feel like there's a bit of programmed sounds in there. Um, Like when I was listening, like even the vocals sound a bit programmed, like they've had something done to them, you know, like a bit robotic. They don't sound as if they're English. So, but I don't know where they're from, but when they've like done a bit of more talking and singing, it's not English or sometimes there's a twang on their words. So I'm intrigued at where they're from. If if they're English, then mm-hmm. I don't know accents very well. Um, and in their videos, they match their outfits every time. Um, there's not much in the videos. There's just lots of dancing and moving. They're just They're just there. Um, and they're a duo, and I think they're a group, not a band.
2: OK. Hey, London boys were
0: Edam Ephraim and Dennis Fuller. They were formed in 1986 in Hamburg, Germany.
1: And they go, see, not English. Although it's really weird because the London boys throw you off, and they have a song called London Nights.
0: But there was yeah. just something that I heard. I was like, mm, "You've got a twang." All right, journey. So they
1: were uh, dance, high Ooh. energy, Eurobeat, dance pop, Euro disco.
0: That's a lot
1: of it. Yeah. I should have said. So it's something about-
0: dance. So dance pop, yeah. Eurobeat, Euro You know, yeah. high energy, which we've had before. It is, is yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and right, they, they weren't a um, they weren't musicians; they were dancers.
1: Yeah, which explains the videos.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. although both lived near Hamburg in Germany, they actually met each other in Greenwich, London.
2: Oh, okay. The London side of it, that and
0: neither, or neither, should I say, were born in Germany. With oh. Epram born in London and Fuller from Jamaica
1: oh but were they brought they, up in Germany
0: they were then moved obviously their families moved to Germany and they were brought up in Germany but they were actually okay. both born although that happened you know <laughs> they've neither of them were actually born in they met in London although they grew up in Germany and neither of them were born in Germany
1: that's so rad
0: so, yeah so the group performed in 1986 or the duo as you say as a project for songwriter and record producer. Ralph Ren Moore. Mayor. M-A-U-E. And signed with German record label. Teldeck. Their musical style was a mix of soul. And dance music. Known as Eurobeat. Uh, with Ephraim. And Fuller. Picked for their ability to dance. With both being able to spin. On their heads. It's a bit like street dancing, yeah, street dance break dance one, yeah. yeah,
1: um
0: their album, the Twelve Commandments of Dance, peaked at number two in the u k album chart, and they had four singles released from it, Requiem, London Nights, Harlem Desire," and my love. Oh,
1: really um, by the way,
0: the I have got the album,
1: oh really,
0: yeah, 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 their second album released in I haven't written down when it was released in for some reason released in um, yeah,
1: somewhere don't know.
0: Um, Sweet Soul Music which wasn't as successful as their debut album and only charted in Austria at number oh. 22 um, it's two released singles, Chapel of Love number 75 and Freedom number 54 both flopped Obviously.
1: Obviously, yeah.
0: Their third album released in nineteen ninety three, uh Love for Unity, was a flop with singles only released in Germany, which was Moonraker and Baby Come Back, both not charting. While Baby Come Back charted in Austria after being released there peaking at number twenty seven. So they were they were obviously quite big in Austria, but um yeah. Nowhere Did else
1: really, by really, the look of it. So yeah. yeah.
0: Just quickly trying to find out when that other second okay. album was released.
2: Yeah.
0: So Sweet and Soul Music Sweet Soul Music was released in
1: nineteen
0: ninety one. Okay. But as I say, it only charted in Austria. So
1: they were album. more they only had one album because
0: all the songs that I've listened to were of that one. Album. Yeah, so I was over here, yeah. Um So, love for unity was to be the duo's last album. After they were both tragically killed in that January in January 1996 in a car crash in the Austrian Alps while on a skiing oh. holiday, when their car was hit by another car head-on. Oh, the wow. other car, the other car was overtaking, and was being driven by a Swiss driver who had been drunk. As well okay. as Fuller and Ephraim dying at the scene, Ephraim's wife also died, along with the Swiss driver. Ephraim and his wife left behind a son, Stevie, who was three years old at the time, while Fuller had a daughter, Laura, who was ten. Oh
1: got up so sad.
0: Yeah. I remember, I remember it because it was obviously, you know,
1: it quite new, so uh, you they've been a. The one, so being in Austria is the one place where they were hitting, yeah, as well, yeah, and tragically, that's where their life ended. Yes. Oh, our little boy got orphaned. That makes it really sad. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: So they had two top ten singles, one top ten album, uh, which was 1989, "The Twelve Commandments of Dance" at number two so
1: and that we've had a number the one all four of
0: these songs. yeah 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 which i've got um so we've had the number one already this week we've mm-hmm. don't turn so around had, um, and we've had we've had one number two from brother beyond now i said that five of the groups two, had a number two yeah,
2: yeah. so
0: were london boys and if they were which song
1: Oh, but then if that album's at number two, maybe one of these is quite big. I don't know. I don't I don't think these, okay. think these are one about nineteen eighty
0: eight
2: Wequiem, number
1: four. Oh, so they are
2: Oh, maybe they are gonna have a number two. Hmm.
1: I Nin- this one weren't, there weren't much body to it. The sounds in the background are too distracting. Uh, I'm surprised it got that high.
2: 1989, London Nights was a top ten hit. Mm. Top five. Number three. It peaked at number
1: two. Oh, so do you have a number two? Okay. I wouldn't have done it with London Nights. It's upbeat, but it's just repetitive. Mm.
0: Dance music, though.
1: Yeah, and you've to think, you have got the the start.
0: scenes. The scene you can see now is is changing you, again. Yeah, you know, yeah. nineteen eighty nine Harlem Desire, number seventeen.
1: Oh, see this one. I liked it. Was catchy and fast paced. You know, it was it was up there. There weren't anything too bad about it.
2: And
0: finally, nineteen eighty nine My Life, number forty
2: six.
1: My favorite, it's a fun song, it's catchy, gets you moving, makes you feel good. It's an up there one, that was my favorite out of all theirs. But then, it that. that was a different sounding, it weren't as dance and ah. in that well. So, maybe that's why it didn't hit as much.
0: Yeah, okay, moving on then to London Beat. So go from London yeah. boys to London beat.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> Stick with me on this. Okay. The first, this, is for the, this is my genre. The first what? song, and only the first song, gave me gospel vibes. I was like, oh, this is a bit different. And then the other songs are pop. But I was like, oh, I wonder if they've got anything to do with gospel in there. They're a foursome. They all work really well. Like, they have such good harmonies together. They're an upbeat group. Their songs sound similar to one another, but they have different sounds to them, if that makes any sense. Like, they give off the same vibes, but you can differentiate them, basically. Um, They keep their videos simple, um, and they're just suited and booted. Like, they always look good. Um, And you can tell that these go into the 90s more than they are in the 80s. But yeah, I mean there weren't much to say about them. But yeah, okay. the first song I was like, "Oh, okay, this is something
0: right. different." Well, I've got no background on them as far as gospel goes. I'm afraid no. I didn't come across no. anything like that. I was so London, <laughs> London, London beat were Jamie Helms, Jimmy Chambers, George Chandler, and William Henshaw. So as you say, a foursome. They were formed in 1988 so they really were formed in the yeah. in this year as well yeah, they were uh in good. london
1: i'm waiting for their hits yeah so
0: there. they were formed in london hence london beat uh yeah. dance pop electronic dance music is there generous
1: any of the electronic and dance remember i just thought the other songs bar me thinking the first one was gospel were just pop yeah.
0: Yeah. So London's beat career was kick-started in the Netherlands, where their single There's a Beat Going On reached number 10, leading to 9am, The Comfort Zone, becoming a modest success in the UK. Their biggest hit was I've Been Thinking About You, which reached number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100 and you the hot dance music play charts in the u s
1: did, did they not release the one that was that hit in the Netherlands over here no no oh, that's...
0: or if they did, it didn't come anywhere so yeah okay. their follow-up single a Better love also became a billboard hot one hundred top twenty hit at number eighteen
1: wow so hit big in america uh
0: the band disbanded in nineteen ninety two However, in 1995, they made a comeback as a trio with George Chandler not returning. They entered the UK heats of Eurovision with I'm Just Your Puppet on a string. However, they were not selected and the single flopped in the charts at number 55.
2: Stop!
0: So yeah, they could have been representing the UK in Eurovision if they'd been selected with that song.
1: And that song flopped?
0: It did in the charts as well, yeah. So it didn't get them picked, it didn't get them selected, and they still released it and it flopped.
1: Who the Do gr- you know what year, What who was our Eurovision?
0: No, I don't that year, no. Um, so that would have been, what, 1995?
1: Yeah. Okay, you carry on, so i know,
0: five. that. Yeah, 1995 it was. Uh, the group is still going. Although only Jimmy Helms remains from the original lineup, after Chambers and Henshall left in 1995, following the Eurovision selection disappointment. So after that, they both left and said, "Look, this is obviously the, the single flopped." They walked away, um, but it. Helms carried on. Helms, Chambers, and Chandler were also the backing vocals for Deacon Blues' single when will you make my telephone ring in 1987 as well as fine young cannibals album in 1989 the raw and the cooked Um, and they were the backing singles on three of the singles on that album good thing tell me what and it's okay it's all right they were also backing vocals on the godly and creme single a little piece of heaven
1: they've gone and all oh right they're not doing big with their own names but they're on some
0: yeah but band. these were still in the eight this was late 80s still yeah so it's like you know
1: ah so this is
0: before they yeah, disbanded names, um, um right. chambers and chandler were also backing vocalists on paul young's album the secret of association in 1985 so and i suppose that's where they are you know they've had they had a bit of luck or not luck was probably, you know, not what but they struck oil with that, you know, I've been thinking about you, I suppose, and mm-hmm. that obviously helped the album, which I had got. I do like I've been thinking about you and I had did go out and buy that album, um, in the blood. Um but they other than that they they're not really they're not really um known for anything. So I suppose they went back to what obviously they're better as they're good singers, but maybe you know for other backing backing singers for other people mm. rather than yeah, at the front, front doing their form. own yeah which may be where the um so they may have a the gospel church choir sort of background which is why that's their forte i don't know yeah. you might you know
1: they could have done
2: well so um did.
0: um they had ch- on? yeah
1: 1995 yeah. Was it
2: nineteen?
1: Yeah, 1995. It was Love City Groove. Uh-huh.
2: Two was in the Vision with the oh, song right. Love City Groove.
0: Yeah, okay. Not someone who obviously went on and done anything, because I can't say yeah, I've, no, heard I've heard I've of them.
1: Heard.
0: Um, so, yeah, London Beat had two top 20 singles, one top 40 album, which was 1990s In The Blood, at number 34. Which, I, as I say, no, I went out they, and bought it, only because of the single. But that's what how it worked then. You know, you like yeah. the single, you went out and bought the album. But yeah. it doesn't mean to say that the rest of the album is
2: quite the same.
1: Same standards.
2: So, London Beat. Did they have a number two? Yeah, surely. Okay, well, oh, you do you know, though? I'm Just a Puppet on a String was going to be a big hit. So, that was 1988,
0: 9am, The Comfort Zone, got to number 19.
1: I really enjoyed this song. It showed off their harmonies. It was just a bit too slow for me. I feel like it needed a bit more. But I did enjoy it. And I was like, oh, if all the others are like this, it'd be great. Yeah. 1990.
0: I've been thinking about you. <laughs> I've been thinking about you. Yeah. Number two.
1: Ah, okay. This one's Sing Along. Fast paced. It's got good music. Like, Yeah, I've really enjoyed the music side a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
0: 1990, A Better Love.
2: Number
1: 23. I can't say anything bad about this one. Great vocals, I like the lyrics, I like the music. It was nearly my favourite.
0: 1992, now I'll be honest, this I love this song. You bring on the number 32. Oh,
1: this one had a nice focus on the vocals as yeah, well. Yeah, I like, I like you bring on the Sun. With the instruments just gave it that bit of something. I did enjoy it as mm. well. Mm. Mm
0: and then as i said 1995 from eurovision i'm just your puppet on a string number 55.
1: my favorite it just made me feel good and i really enjoyed the video they literally were puppets on a string it was great but i really enjoyed that one it was a good end to them. i liked
0: i wouldn't have given you it but as i was writing it i added it on because obviously I was going to be talking about it because obviously, you know, I couldn't miss out that they applied no. to George to be yeah. Eurovision. So um, it made sense to give you the song because there's yeah. no point me giving you know me talking about it and you know, making it a big I thing that know. they applied for Eurovision. You haven't even listened to the song, so that's why yeah. I gave you it. So it just um, shows you sometimes the hits can be an album filler rather than an actual yeah. released single, yeah, So yes, okay. Moving on to Bomb the Bass.
1: Yeah, well, this was a change-up, weren't it? Just a bit. So I was having a great week, Then these came <laughs> around. So I think they're hip-hop. And I don't know whether I'm right, but I'm like, did they have, like... You know, like, we've spoken about session musicians. Yeah. Was there ever such thing as, like, session vocalists? Because well the songs have a heavy focus on the music and there's lots of distract disc scratching which made me think hip-hop yeah. because i'm guessing there was some sort of dj but were these like did they basically have feature artists on them?
0: So, I think it was, so there was some that i've got and i've written down you know featuring this although they're not they're not music whereas before we've had kathy dennis with d-mob uh or yes yeah. Yaz with, we was cutting cut crew was it yaz or cold cut i can't remember now but we had yaz didn't we with another yeah. one
2: yeah
0: um these i can't say i've heard of or they certainly haven't gone on to do anything the the um the feature i mean one of them's just maureen well who's that maureen next door I, you know i don't <laughs> know who maureen is um and then the other two uh Spikey T, who again I've not heard of, never you know, and Justin Warfield, who again I'm not someone who I've come across or known. No. So um they have got featuring or with
2: okay.
0: these other people, but they're not people that I am aware of I that have gone on and made it big, so you know I don't yeah. Mm, I but, thought um,
2: so because
1: the songs didn't sound the same. Like yeah. the voices changed so i was like are sure. these all different vocalists or are they taking it in turns and like it mm. was hard as well like i haven't got much to say on this group because i just thought it's a lot of focus on the music um and when i watched the videos the videos are more like clips of things rather than showing the peoples and sometimes there were people but i didn't know whether that was just another clip of something whether it was the people in the band, so I can't tell you anything about what they look like or who they are whether they're men, women, whatever because I barely saw it. Okay, really.
2: so
0: it seems like it's more of a project by a DJ. So the, the musician is Tim right. Sim Simian, Simin Siminon. Okay, right, okay. So, um, they were formed in 1987 in London, they're electronic stroke hip hop, so yeah. as you said. So, Bomb the Bass is an electronic music alias of English musician Tim Simenon. Okay. So, the name comes from Simenon's approach to collaging and mixing sounds whilst DJing in the mid-80s. So, he explained that examples were either scratched in live or sampled and looped on the top of the rhythm section. So, the concept was one of Bombing the Bass um Line with different ideas, so a collage, of, a collage of sounds, and hence the name Bombing the Bass. bomb the Bass. Right.
2: Okay.
0: okay, so Bomb the Bass were originally started out as a Rhythm King All Stars project by producers Tim Simenon and Pascal Gabriel. Simenon was a housemate of record label founder James Horrocks. However, the back catalog of rhythm king records was small so the duo used a number of other records and samples from other companies with the record evolving into beat this which was the first single with me still so yeah. in other words these two so um, so pascal gabrielle and tim Simenon, they took songs How? and some um, just cut them up and mixed them and done yeah, whatever yeah. And overlapped cleaner. them. And but they, they originally used the um the rhythm king records um singles but they run out of material so they then evolved and used other companies um yeah. and as i say that's where how beat this then became so it's loads yeah. of different it's samples sounds. mashed together
2: yeah.
0: and you know done um okay. So with Simonon deciding to change the name of the project from the Rhythm King, probably because they called it the Rhythm King because they were using the Rhythm King they records singles. But once they couldn't use those, I suppose he said what is
1: it? Yeah.
0: And um, as I say, he changed it to Bomb the Bass. With Simeon and Gabriel using the names, DJ Kid 33 and Emilia Pasquez or Pas Pasquez to give the impression that the record was an American import.
1: Oh.
0: While the bassline and drum tracks of Beat Dis were written by Simonon, the rest of the track was compiled by from, from samples, as I said. So Simonon, who had taken a part-time sound course at the School of Audio Engineering in Holloway, was That's able that. to build Beat Dis himself assisted in the process by producer Pascal Gabriel who went on to experience his own success as co-producer of can you remember we have mentioned him before S Express with Nathan Moore Ian Ian Moore can't think of his name now. Um Moore Mark Moore Mark Moore. So um Pascal Gabriel started off with Bomb the Base which was mainly Tim Simmons. And he then went off and helped S Express with Mark, which was mainly Mark Moore. So he sort of the so
1: he's kind of like a man support. in
0: the background. Yeah. yeah.
1: What I find um, mad is that he went to a sound school thing and like learned it. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, it's not like he's been doing this for years and just decided, let's see what I can do with it. It's yeah. meh. All right, let's have a go. And that makes it even more a bit shocking, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Um, so, yeah, so Pascal, Pascal um, worked with S-Express and a wide variety of other artists. So, computer game developers, the Bitmap Brothers, cooperated with Tim Simenon to include the 1988 Bomb the Bass hip-hop track, Megablast, as the theme music for the computer game Xenon 2, which was then called Xenon 2 Megablast. So, obviously, he was making money through doing, you know, doing that in february 91 due to unofficial censorship broadcast regulations due to the outbreak of the gulf war which prompted uk, UK broadcasters including bbc radio one to blacklist a variety of song and acts deemed controversial due to their content or titles um, no. the band name bomb the bass
1: I knew so that made them be a blacklist. into
0: this category as did um, that of Massive Attack uh, ah. this meant that the first single of the new album Unknown Territory um, I Love uh, sorry, Love So True was released under Simonon's own name uh, meaning it charted low in the UK at number 84 okay. it It just shows you the difference is sometimes that a track can do better can can be the same track but if you put it under two different names it does better under the the more commercially known
2: yeah
0: in the mid-1990s simonon signed bomb the bass to Island records dance and hip-hop label fourth and b-way records the new partnership saw the 1995 album Clear reached the UK album chart at number 22, with the single Bug Powder Dust featuring Justin Warfield also charting in the UK. This brought Symenem to the attention, especially after Gavin Friday's album Shag Tobacco, which was produced by Symenem which spawned the track Angel, which was used on the hugely successful soundtrack of the Romeo and Juliet
1: movie.
0: Symane was then hired by Depeche Mode for their album with Singer Ultra. So Dave um, Garn said that there were loads of names being thrown at us, but in the end... Oh, sorry. With the singer the single single oh, ultra sorry
2: okay.
0: uh, so dave gone saying there were loads of names being thrown at us but in the end we picked simon because martin gore and i really liked gavin friday's album that he had produced as Shake tobacco um it's an absolute brilliant album and we really love the sounds he produced however simon has confessed i just felt fucked by the end of the recording and i carried on working in january and february of 1997 which was the worst thing i could have done i started to feel really ill so i took a break and had a few months off as i was just mentally exhausted yeah yeah. i'd been non-stop for 10 years
2: yeah
0: and i was just burnt out it all just caught up and took its toll and just left me feeling very, very uninspired.
1: I'm not surprised, though, because he's been literally making so much music.
0: Yeah. But when you think, that was probably the pinnacle of his career was getting to work with Depeche Mode, yeah, who were big. Yeah. And he was just too... He, he just felt he was just, didn't give it his best.
2: He
0: Because um, he was just so mentally exhausted. I, love, um, I don't believe him,
1: though. No you would be on the
0: base was still touring in 2011 and 2012.
1: Oh, so even though he took the break, he still came back.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Um, So yeah, um, they had four top 10 singles two top 20 albums 1988's into the dragon at number 18 and 1991's unknown territory at number
2: 19.
1: so you see, i'm just intrigued by these because they've managed to get singles charted which are basically music like just sounds yeah but that's the
0: way it was going if you want to listen to a really good track then listen to the grids the swamp thing it is just a track of music but it's brilliant and it's done funny enough no 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 no. but the grid the grid who who done it is uh, the person behind the grid is dave ball dave ball is the other half of mark allman's soft Cell.
1: Right, so that what was is his, The grid. What? What's it called? The
0: grid. The grids, and it's called the single is called Swamp Thing, and it's just electronic music. But it's a brilliant track, and I.
1: I don't think I'm going to like it. Uh, but you, I've it you don't down. know
0: till you listen to it.
1: Yeah, um, but you're not. You're not describing it as if it's something that I like.
0: No, well, I just said it's by Soft Cell's David Ball, and you like Soft Cell.
1: I did like Soft Cell, but then you're saying that it's just music.
0: Yeah. It is, I like lyrics. You, that's what the 1990s, early 1990s electro stuff was. We'd moved on from synth pop to just electronic music, in a sense. Yeah. That's what it evolved into. Yeah. And I suppose Bomb the bass was the start of that, in yeah. a sense. So um, so yeah. Um, so we had seven groups Singles.: So no, seven groups, bands this week.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I told you five of them had a yeah. number one or number two. Yeah, so your first four groups, bands, have had a number one or number two. So yeah. we had um the harder I try for Brother Beyond number two. Yeah, we had Don't Turn Around as the number one for Aswad. Mm-hmm. We had London Nights for London Boys at number two. And yeah. then we had, I've been thinking about you, also yeah. at number two.
1: These We've got three
0: groups two. left, including the one that you thought was going to be the number one.
1: Yeah, I'm a bit annoyed. <laughs> so, these can't have a number two. It's
0: not going to be these. Where's the next number two coming from? You're obviously thinking boy meets girl. or You're saying yeah. boy meets girl. Yeah. Okay. So, Bomb the base in 1988 beat this. As I said, they had four top ten singles.
1: Mm.
0: Beat This in 1988 was a top ten single.
1: Yeah.
0: It got into the top five.
1: Wow. It was a new
0: type of music. No one had heard this before.
1: Yeah, so why is it hitting so high?
0: Peaked at number two. You don't seem... No. You don't you don't. It's don't just sound. programmed
1: sounds to me. It's just...
0: This but it's what that was like the it. late eighties, early nineties. Is moved yeah, on. That's what I'm saying.
1: It at number two when?
0: Because people bought it, because they no liked it. No one's
1: heard of it before, though. Because
0: it's new. It's something new. It's like the cars back in the early in the seventy nine eighty. The model OMD. You know, it was new music, and people. Oh yes, yeah. so you know, people went over, went and started buying it.
1: Yeah. And that's like this. Yeah. It's anyway, new. Next one. Okay. Now not, I really want to find out where Boy, no, I've now really want to know where boy Meets Girl comes.
0: 1988, Mega Blast and Don't Make Me Wait was a double A. Got to number six.
1: Okay. Mega Blast, mostly sound. But now you've explained where it ended up, understand it. Don't Make Me Wait, I really like the female vocals on it. But the music takes too much away from the vocals, so it's disappointed. Okay.
0: I don't know who the female vocalist was on that, didn't say, but 1988 Say A Little Prayer featured Maureen. That got to number 10.
1: Okay. So this has been covered, or this was a cover, because Say A Little Prayer is a song. Say a little prayer for you. So, yeah you know what i mean yeah 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 the whatever version not this version is better than this version this one just adds too much sound to it whereas it's better as more of a stripped back acoustic type which is what we got
0: to remember these are mixes samples anyway so
1: franklin
0: yeah i was gonna say i'm pretty sure it is um aretha franklin um, yeah, it is. So it's it written is. by Bert Bacharach and Hal David for Dionne Warwick. The aunt, I think, isn't she, of um, Whitney Houston?
1: Who? Aretha Franklin?
2: Dionne Warwick. I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she was to do with Whitney Houston. I might be
0: wrong. Um, 1991, Winter in July
1: number seven by the way say a little prayer for say a little prayer was my favorite um winter in july vocals are lovely but the music again is too loud over them but now i know that they were about the music and bringing that sound it's like well yeah the music's going to be the main focus um it sounds like a lovely song but the actual background music just doesn't match with the vibe to get from the song, if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: 1994, Bug Powder Dust with Justin Warfield, number
1: 24. It's very hip-hop. Like, it's too much for me. Uh Uh-huh. And then
0: 1994, again, Dark Heart with Spiky T, number 35.
1: This one just hasn't got much body to it, like, in any sense. Just not
0: much going on okay moving on then i'm getting not good vibes from bomb the Bass.
1: what do you think of bomb the Bass?
0: um yeah they weren't my i don't i don't funny enough own their album let's put it that way um and um i wasn't i'm not into as i say i did i did buy the album the single swamp thing Mm. um which was that similar kind of but i suppose it had moved on then it was that swamp thing is more Music that's been created, rather than it's music that's been sampled from other, taken yeah. from others, so, yeah, um, was we... a bit different. Whereas it had, obviously, because it had evolved. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we move on to the adventures.
1: Yes, yeah, so I put these as like pop rock, um, main focused on the lead vocalist. Again, I liked these with their songs meaning something. They sing with a passion, and I only had two songs for them, so I listened to two more. And the funny thing is, I actually preferred the two other songs that I listened to that you didn't give me. Um,
0: okay, which one of the hits?
1: No, their smart casual wear is not really much about how they look. Their videos are like the two videos for the two songs you gave me. They're a live performance. But there's a set into the song. So like Broken Land, they were like playing their instruments on like a desert looking thing and drowning in the sea of love. They were playing it in like this blue room, but it had loads of it looked like it was more space. So it weren't really to do with the song, but they had a room set up to make it memorable in a sense. But yeah, there weren't much about, like two songs, there weren't much. And I'll let you know, I listened to Send My Heart and Your Greatest Shade of Blue.
2: Okay. So, the adventures were Terry Sharp on vocals,
0: Eileen Gribbin, vocals and violin, Jerry Spud Murphy on guitar, Tony Eyre on bass, Pat Gribbin on guitar, Paul Crowder on drums and Jonathan Whitehead on keyboards they were formed in 1984 in Belfast Northern Ireland
1: I knew they were Irish because in one of the songs they spoke and I was like you've got an accent I didn't write it down now you said that I'm like oh yeah I did think that because they spoke and I was like you've got an accent you sound like an Irish man we should
0: write that down. So they were classed as pop rock, new wave, Ooh. alternative rock and Irish folk. Ah,
1: that's a new So one.
0: You, said, you said pop rock.
1: I did say pop rock. I'm doing well.
0: So the band were formed by Terry Sharp and Pat Gribbin after the disbandment of their former band, the Star Jets, Although in between the Star Jets and the Adventures, Terry co wrote several songs for Banana Rama's debut and Deep Sea Shaving, is that Shiving? Um and even appeared in their video for Shy Boy. Deep sorry, Deep Deep, deep, deep Sea Skyving. Diving I've written I don't know, I can't even read my <laughs> own writing. Um, anyway, and he also appeared in the video for Shy Boy not long after moving to London. Uh, Sharp and Gribbin formed the Adventures in 1984 with Gribbin's wife Eileen, Gerard Murphy, or Gerard Murphy, sorry, Tony Eyre and Paul Crowder. Uh, they performed their first gig in February 1984 in North London, uh, and were soon signed for Chrysalis Records, and taken on by upcoming manager Simon Fuller, the man behind, I do believe, the Spice Girls.
1: I recognise that name. Yes. Um, um, and it who was got Skyven. them.
0: Skyvin. Skyvin, thank you. That's why I couldn't work, work out mine. My... It didn't. Deep Sea Skyvin. Um, <laughs> who got them much publicity and promotional work, including appearing on BBC's Cracker Jack. Their debut single, Another Silent Day, barely scraped into the UK top 100. Well, follow-up singles, "Fill the Raindrops, number 58, Send My Heart, number 62, and Two Rivers, number 96, were all minor hits in the UK charts. Their album, or their debut album, sorry, Theodore and Friends, was released in 1985, while the group were on tour supporting Tears for Fears. The album received much critical acclaim,
2: but no significant sales. Okay. So they weren't
1: as big as they probably could have been. No. Even though Although they were, as I
0: say, they, they they um they were supporting tears of fears, but yeah, yeah, they didn't um
1: then that didn't push them into the line no. at all. Okay. No
0: uh so well, the band decided to so yeah so funny enough the band then decided to uh so the album received so did i say the album received critical acclaim but no significant sales yeah so they were yeah, they yeah. were getting good reports or good reviews but, but it, it just wasn't it savings. wasn't doing anything for them so yeah. so the band then decided to lay low for the next two years oh however during this time the main songwriter pat gribbon composed some new songs for a second album and the band left Chrysalis and signed with Electra Records. With another burst of promotion and heavy airplay, their new single, Broken Land, became their first significant hit spending 10 weeks in the UK chart.
1: So when they did hit, they hit, but they obviously couldn't withstand it because... Only add to
0: two. So, on the back of the single, the band released their second album, The Sea of Love, which reached number 30 in the UK album chart and also remained in the chart for 10 weeks. However, follow-up singles, Drowning in the Sea of Love and One Step from Heaven, both failed to deliver the same success as Broken Land, with One Step from Heaven only reaching number 82 in the UK charts. The band combined pop rock with a folk music sound for their third studio album, Trading Secrets, with The Moon. With its release in early 1990, it only briefly appeared in the UK album chart, peaking at number 64. With all music giving the album review 1.5 stars out of five. So one and a half stars. Do you know
1: what's fascinating? When... I mean, I get people make – like, there's a lot of people that make music because they love making music and they love yeah. singing and blah, blah, blah. But when they're not commercially successful, it just baffles me. I'm like, and you're still producing albums, but they're not doing yeah. anything.
0: Well, I suppose it's like us. We could be doing this podcast and we could just – Yeah, just having, yeah. We, we could have this, this – we don't need to sit up with a microphone and all that. We could just do it over the telephone because – no one yeah. else could be listening to this podcast when we release it. Uh, yeah, it's just us yeah, having a conversation. They enjoy making music, so they do it. It's probably even though it, you know, it's like when you watch Dragons Den. I don't know if you ever watch. And sometimes they yeah. say, "Look, it's a hobby. Just don't try and make you money from it. Um, Get another job and just have this yeah. as a sideline." That is probably if someone got hold if the adventures went into Dragons Den, they'd probably say, "Look." it's a it's not the kind of music i want i'm interested in Mm. your single sales have shown that people aren't interested in it yeah you know if you want to make music and do it as a hobby but not as a living you're not going to make money from it that's probably what this is like and but also it's about luck as we you know a couple of episodes however many episodes now we talked talked about furniture and how they had these unlucky breaks where what was it two record labels went bankrupt and after signing them and they couldn't mm-hmm. get out of the contract and then they were taken over by another record label who didn't like them so they you know they didn't and yet they had that one great single in brilliant mind but they just never had any more success but had yeah. they had the luck the lucky break it could have happened and i suppose the same could have been said by adventures
1: yeah that's true it's all about getting that break isn't it bit guaranteed
2: that you ever will so yeah
0: so um they've just got one and a half stars out of five and um that ended the band's contract with electra oh so the adventures returned in 1992 with the single raining all over the world with the single promoted by Polydor records the band's new record producers after they had signed a deal the single only reached number sixty eight and was to be the band's last chart appearance. Their fourth album, Lions, Tigers and Bears, was released in nineteen ninety-three and failed to even chart. The band were dropped by Polydor and essentially broke up not long after.
1: Okay. And I thought, as soon as you said Polydor, I thought ah oh, they might even though i know they're obviously not because i've only listened to two But i was like oh Polydor, that's quite a big one they might be able to push them, but obviously they had no
0: i suppose by this time if you've got the music industry is always moving and if you're yeah. not on that first if you're not on there with the fans at that beginning you've got your fan you've base
1: your it's yeah. very
0: hard to to be knocked off and get back Change. on again because yeah. the fan base has moved on to something else by this time anyway mm, and it's it. very hard for you to move on with your your um your style of music but yeah. also by it by not even having a core fan base as well to, to help you it, to it's very hard mm-hmm. um which is why a lot of you know we can talk we've, we've managed to sit here you know and talk about seven bands this week you know, x amount of bands over the the time we've been doing this, but there is also all those other bands that we don't even know about that have yeah, got that, on that that never had that big never. break, yeah. never you know had a hit single, and
1: yeah, they just tried and failed and carried on with life.
0: So, yeah. Former bass player Tony Air died in December two thousand and nine, and on the fifth of January twenty nineteen, the Adventures now sharp along with pat and eileen gribbon played their final show at the empire belfast with the star jets reforming later that year which was their original band so they they finished one obviously with tony air dying and then started another one
2: yeah
0: although the song broken land has been reworked this year as a charity single, "Heal This Broken Land, by a group of musicians, But oh, as in the back, the group is called Group Music for Ukraine, which is, consists of The Adventures, mm-hmm. Nick Haywood from Haircut 100, Mark Shaw from then Jericho, Carol Decker from Tapal. Nathan Moore from Brother Beyond. Dr. And the Medics, Doctor. Um, Clive, Clive, I can't think of his name now. Um, uh, The Christians, who uh, seem to be on every charity record, because that is what they're named Mm -hmm. for. Um, The charity single got to number one on the heritage chart, which is the alternative chart for... The, um, those, the, the, I suppose it's like an, a seniors chart. So it's all the old chart or groups, and it's a chart for those because their singles aren't going to get anywhere these They're days. they
1: going to go on the main chart. Um,
0: with all proceeds going to the children and animals in Ukraine. So it got you to You sent
1: me this, didn't you? I did. Because I've listened to this. As soon as you said about it being for Ukraine, I was like, yes, I've listened to it. Yeah, it was a nice song.
0: Yeah. So it is a rework of Broken Land. It's called Heal This Broken Land. And um, yes, yeah, by group music for Ukraine. And um, there's quite some big, big um, yeah, people it's, involved it's like in a, it, you, you know. Business, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Nick Haywood, um, as I say, the doctor from Doctor and the Medics. Mm-hmm. Um Mark Shaw from then Jericho, Carol Decker from Topal, Nathan Moore from a group we've discussed today, Brother Beyond. So um yeah, big big um big names behind it. And the as names, I say, yeah. if you get the Christians involved, it's always gonna be a good charity record anyway.
1: They're backing it, it's worth it.
2: Yeah. So um so yeah, no, um that is um the adventures they had one
0: top 20 single one top 30 album which was 1988's the sea of love at number 30 but other than that they they yeah didn't do that much um and just so you know the doctor and the medics the the lead singer known as the doctor his name is clive jackson so the adventures two songs as you said you listen to some more i don't know if it was any of those i listened that i i mentioned But um, as you saw, none of them were were big hits. So if you did, you'll probably just listen to some album fillers. Yeah, I think so. So 1988, Broken Land got to number 20.
1: Okay. Vocals are crying. Quiet, it's a loving song. It's not a bad one. And then also in
0: 1988, Drowning in the Sea of Love just missed out on a top 40 at number 44.
1: That was my favourite out of the two. Um, it was heartfelt, and it w- it just flowed really well, the whole song. Okay. Nice.
2: So, moving on to our last group, Boy Meets Girl. Yes. One um,
0: single, One yeah. Hit Wonders.
1: Yeah, One Hit Wonder. I think they're a pop group. Um, I get why the song was a big hit, but I'm intrigued to find out why they didn't then have any more. Um, They're the most 80s looking this week. Like when I watched the videos, they just looked like they belonged in the 80s. Um, And this is a weird question, but only because I went and listened to other songs, but I could only find one other song. And this weren't me going on Spotify, so I've not looked at their discography. This was just me when I was writing my notes. I was watching the videos at the same time, so I just typed them in on YouTube. And the only other one that came up was Oh Girl, good vocals on there. And when I did put their name in, Haircut One Hundred kept coming up. So, do they have anything to do with Haircut One Hundred, or is it just because there was only two songs on YouTube? I think it's probably because
0: there's only two. Because yeah, probably similar science. Because I'm not aware of them with haircut 100 i've not come across haircut so it's probably similar similar tunes um they um have linked them i suppose together
1: yeah okay that was my only question and so yeah okay. i want to know why they didn't make it any further than i mean wow. i literally haven't been on spotify to see if they did have any other discography but they're the only 2 well, Listen,
0: listen, listen to this Go on. Boy Meets Girl, Shannon Rubicam, vocals, and George Morel on keyboards were formed in 1982 in Seattle, Washington. And they are a pop rock
1: Okay, duo. I just went with straight up pop.
0: So, Meryl and Rubicam are husband and wife songwriters, usually yeah. for other artists.
1: Oh.
0: So that's why they actually write songs rather than sing them. They're more famous famous for their songs written for Whitney Houston, How Will I Know, and I Want to Dance with Somebody Who Loves Me.
1: They wrote them. Yes. they're They're great songs.
0: There you go. That's where they make their money. Um, they also performed backing vocals on Denise Williams' number one hit, "Let's Hear It for the Boy." I might know it. No, "Let's Hear It for the Boy." No, no, that's not how it goes. Um, I can, I can, I can, I can hear it, but I certainly can't sing it. Um, the first album, as a recording duo act was self-titled, and its lead song, Old oh Girl, was okay. released on a single by a and Records. The song reached number 39 on the Billboard Hot 100 single charts. Okay. In May 1985, where the album peaked at number 76 on the Hot 200 Billboard album chart. Three years later, the duo released their follow-up album, Real Life, which featured the single Waiting for a Star to Fall, which, after years of writing songs for other artists, earned the duo mainstream success in their own right. In the US, Waiting for a Star to Fall peaked at number 5 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and at number 1 on the Adult Contemporary Chart. The song was also a top 40 hit in both the UK and Australia and was featured in the 1990 movie Three Men and a Little Lady. The song was inspired by an actual falling star the duo had seen at one of Whitney Houston's concerts and the song was actually submitted to Whitney Houston but cons- for consideration for her next album but her producer at the time rejected it
2: oh. yes
0: it was also and i didn't write it down but it was also given to someone else who actually did record it but didn't um decided not to um take it any further which um for some unknown reason I thought I'd written down but I haven't so I will just quickly find out who who it was I'm pretty sure it was someone like Belinda Carlisle or something I'm pretty sure um
1: so another big name
0: yeah 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 because they were songwriters in their own right
1: yeah. um
2: but um as I say um I can't see it I did read it
0: somewhere but um no maybe no maybe I'm thinking of something else but yeah but it was submitted to Whitney Houston as I say she turned it down or her um her producer at the time Clive Davis rejected it so um so yeah Boy Meets Girl's third album, New Dream, was due for release in 1991. However, Mm -hmm. it was shelved as record label RCA were having a reorganization. So the album never got released until 2005. However, by this time, the couple had divorced, although they still continue their musical
2: collaboration.
1: Okay, so they still write songs. That yes. they stopped actually recording.
2: Yeah. Boy
0: Meets Girl ceased to exist because of boy divorced girl.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That makes sense. That's what yes. happened. Right. Um, they had one top ten single.
1: There it is. The one that I listened to.
0: And it was in 1988. Waiting for a star to fall, number nine.
1: Hey, I knew this song from the opening notes.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, it start, like it came on and I just started singing it. I was that one of it? So I, then I was like, has it been covered or is it just one that I know? Obviously, you've said it literally is just one that I know because they even offered it out to other people, didn't happen. I forgot it existed. Absolutely love it. It's a great song.
0: Yeah. Well, it's from the film. I know it from the film more than... What film? Three Men and a Little Lady.
1: Oh. oh, yeah, you did say. Yeah, I've never heard of that.
0: So, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a follow-up. That was a sequel to Three Men and a Little Baby. So never you had Three Men and a Little even. Baby and then Three Men and Little Lady. So, yeah.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so.
1: Never heard of them.
0: Okay. Well, that, that finishes this week. Yep. All I need to know from you is, out of seven, I must have a great chance. And let's be honest, I've got one in the bag. No matter what, in um, Aswad, <laughs> I do predict. Um, how many were inspired? Did Dad, in influence? not inspire, influence, or didn't influence?
2: So, wow. Let's let's find out,
1: brother beyond. You did influence me. I enjoyed them. They were a great open to my week. Asward, as you have predicted, you did influence me. I just... But I I quite like reggae music anyway, but I just really enjoyed them. Like, UB40 was a letdown for me with reggae music, but these were not a letdown. These were great. Um, London Boys, you didn't influence me. They weren't up my street. Like, they're just... I don't know. A bit of dance just music weren't. you'd have liked. Yeah. No, it's not. I I think we decided that when we went into a bit of a hip-hop stage, and I was like, mm, it's not for me. So mm. early 90s music, not for me. But I wouldn't say
0: they're hip-hop. Well, they're not hip-hop. They're yeah.
1: dance. Yeah, but they've still got a bit of hip-hop in there. They, I just don't mm. – okay, dance. I don't like that either. Okay. It, I did – yeah. Um, London Beat, you did influence me with. I did enjoy those. Bomb the bass, you didn't.
2: Bombed. Killed <laughs> that. Bomb. You didn't. You talking?
1: Weren't a fan at all. Like it was just sound. And then the adventures you did.
0: Even though only two songs.
1: Even though As you only say, two songs. you did songs, listen to some but more. I did listen to some more and preferred yeah. the other songs that I listened to. Mm-hmm. So. That's
0: Very much like The Vapours on that's in that sense.
1: Yeah, because they were only two, and I've listened to a whole album of theirs. And then Boy Meets Girl, you also did influence me. Like I say, I listened to another song. It was the only other song I could find. I liked both of them.
0: As you say, you, you were influenced for them already.
1: Yeah, even if I didn't, I really liked the song. I knew about it already because yeah. I knew it. By the opening note,
0: and so, now you obviously know they've written other songs, so their songwriting yeah. skills are and quite
1: you like know. If you say. Two of Whitney Houston's. I absolutely love Whitney Houston. I love those two songs, so sure. I like Boy Meets Girl.
0: Okay, so in effect, now that was the last of your '80s groups bands, oh. because ones the next two episodes. Even though they're nineteen eighty nine, the groups are probably all the bands are more known as nineteen nineties. Okay. So yeah. So you've got you've got um just so you know, you've got now two episodes of nineteen eighty nine, so in other words, yeah. the end of what we've been doing. Yeah. Then you've got two episodes of groups that I've missed out. Right, that, But they only had one or two hit singles anyway. But right. I just happen to okay. have missed them out that have come to light since we started recording. But they're now out of yes. Chronicle Order, so I've yes. added them yes. in and at the, the end, end right. with with others. So you've got two yeah. episodes of that. And then you've got two episodes of the, what we said earlier, really, groups that had a single in the top 100, but never had they never made it so they've never okay. really come to by it. the
1: top 100 you mean here not in America
0: yes yeah yeah no here so in other words they've not had a top 40 hit and they've they pretty much that's that
1: so that's they're like there. one hit wonders but not at all well
0: they're not even a one hit wonder but they have no. charted in the top okay. 100 but that's about all but right. they have a cult following or they you know they they yeah they've come to fruition because i've you know obviously their music
1: found I've, out that, yeah
0: yeah um so they might have had one that single that was a top outside the top 40 let's say
2: mm-hmm.
0: um was actually included on a compilation tape for whatever reason um, yeah. Or something like that. So, yeah. So, you've got two episodes of those groups. You've got two episodes of groups that I've missed out for one reason or yeah, another. I and you've got two episodes, which left. is one of them you're going to have next week of 1989, but the groups are actually more 1990. So, yeah. you may have heard of them. So, yeah, do yeah. you want these? These are your groups for next week.
2: Go for okay? it.
1: Okay. Yep. Beautiful South. Heard of them couldn't tell you any songs but I've heard of them. Okay.
2: R-E-M.
1: Heard of them. Do they do this? Do they do the soundtrack for Friends? Is that the right? No, that's the Remembrance. No, that's Remembrance. They're 1990. Yeah. yeah, don't worry.
0: Lightning Seeds.
1: Heard of them. Pretty sure. They do a song that I know. Can't think of it right now. You're going to send me it over and I'm going to tell you. Yep.
2: Soul to Soul. No. Big Fun. No. Della Soul.
1: No.
0: Okay. Well, they're the six groups for next week.
2: Okay,
1: so, so they are hurts. more
0: 1990, the, the, obviously they, they got their first hit in the 80s, 1989, yeah. but obviously yeah. they, they are more well known for their songs in the 90s. Lightning yeah. Seeds, you may well know, because they cut. They do the England song, Three lines on a Shirt. Well,
1: that's what I know, that's what's come into my head, yeah. yeah. I thought it was, but I didn't want to say it, and I was like, no, I'm going to wait for it to be sent. Okay,
0: so just to recap, next week, Beautiful Self. R.E.M., The Lightning Seeds, Soul to Soul, Big Fun, and Della Soul.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So, I'm actually, that ties yeah, us I'm up. Excited. Okay. Mm.
0: Fine. And you will obviously see a complete change of music now, really.
1: Yeah.
0: As um, we go into uh, the 1990s.
1: I have heard of some of them, so I'm intrigued. I can't think of them, yeah. bar Lightning Seeds and the football
2: song mm-hmm. but yeah i'm intrigued
1: okay shall see.
0: that um brings us to the end so um, yeah a good week
1: um what was it
0: Four, four, two, two. Um, five. no five five so yeah seven this week five with two non-hits i'm surprised at london boys not surprised bob on the base um i was expecting around I, I wasn't sure how you'd vote for um boy meets girl because you only had one mm um the fact that you thought that was a number one obviously gave me a bit oh, of hope i okay. i always thought bomb the Bass" would be a no but um i thought the adventures might be the other one because again they didn't have many many yeah. and that wasn't a um a hit record really so yeah so i'll take five i'd have taken that take at the beginning the yeah. so um i'm just shocked that london boys was a no i thought that sort of music would have found no. but obviously not okay i shall um say goodbye and yeah. um, see you next week, and see yeah. how you did with um, the. Literally, now into the last decade of the eighties.
2: Yeah.
0: The last year, sorry, not decade. Yep. Last no, not year, not decade. We've yeah. gone through a decade. We've gone through the decade. We're in the last year um, of the decade. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-nine.
1: Well, I'll get listening. I will let you know.
0: Okay,
2: I shall send over the songs. All right. Thank you. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. I knew they were Irish.